Hello and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Tim Thompson and I'm joined as always by Mr. MC. That would be me. And welcome to episode 13 of season 4 of Tamora Gason. Magic part one. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. Uh, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> what happened last time, MC? Uh, um, MC killed a dick pill dealing <laughs> dungeon dwelling demon. Oh, I legitimately forgot about that. Uh, which is the best bit. Other than that, um, the SWAT came back. Mm. The uh, nemesis, sort of, well, the heavies, the flunkies from previous The really episodes. effective villains. <laughs> they, they killed literally a hundred at a time. Uh, they came back, didn't do much, no. um, but they were hired by the December form. Yes, at the behest of the seed mm. of the December form. Yeah. Lily said their name wrong, but I just wanted to say behest. Because <laughs> I think I used it in the right context. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Jay did some DIY. He did, and then was told not to do any more DIY, I believe. <laughs> His DIY did result in the death of a lot of people. Yeah, intentionally. But, intentionally. But, yeah. So that's... Does that make you a great, good DIYer? I can't see that being like a promotional ad for B&Q anytime <laughs> soon. We, 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 we kind of felt like... It, it kind of felt like MC was kind of bonding with the, the gang again, and da, 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 maybe going closer. But then at the end... Uh, he ignored his crying, hungry baby, so he could get some more sleep. So I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe he hasn't turned a corner after all. I don't think he's winning father of the year. Let's put it that way. And we've still got the December form doing their nefarious means. Don't know yeah. why I say it like that. Yeah. Uh, to end the world yeah. by not supernatural means. Yeah. Like, apparently. But they can do it to like get the coffee in or yeah. something like that. And they're really ordinary people, so not very threatening. Yes. Wicked. Okay. Well. <laughs> Good villains. <laughs> Let's find out what the bad guys who don't use magic do in the episode entitled Magic Part 1. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Opening the letter, a small white piece of paper fell out. MC picked it up off the floor and opened it out. In blank ink, it simply read, The Apocalypse. Are you ready? Right on cue. MC said as he slipped the letter back into its envelope. Ever hear of the December form, MC? I've heard the name. The source is dead now, so I'm familiar with what they do. Well, allow me to fill you in. We, the December form, are an organisation who are set upon ending the world. Read any cryptic letters lately? You send those letters. We're not like anything you've ever faced before. Funnily enough, I've faced geeks who played with magic before. Oh, we don't use magic or anything as uncertain as the supernatural. Maybe for the odd protection spell here or there, or if we run out of wine during a party. But for our ultimate goal, we do things manually. This December form you speak of, they have a lot of power. They will cause damage, heartache to so many, the young and old alike. That's just great. Now, where can I find them and stop them? This I cannot help you with, good traveller. My morality aside, this form have no ancient links to the underworld and its cousins. They are alone. Men playing with toys of destruction. So, Victor was telling the truth. MC mused. Damn it. Mordob's Terry, by the way. What? So like I said, I might be able to help. Firstly, I've dabbled in magic before. I might be able to knock up a simple protection spell for your place. You'll need to stay a password, that sort of thing. It's a bed and breakfast, Louise added, 
What about the guests? I can install a failsafe for all human travellers. Add a warning sign to it for any immediate danger. Thanks, Terry. We'd appreciate that. MC said, I'll be on touch. <laughs> Going down! Jay smiled and pushed the button. It exploded the large piece of timber that was holding the foundations of the majority of the room, causing it to collapse, along with the swat. They fell into the abandoned stone garden that was at the back of the B&B's garden, which was some 50 foot drop at least. What's the damage to upstairs? MC asked Jay. Nothing that wasn't going to happen anyway, he said. But it's going to need a lot more work before I'll be on the meeting room. (laughs) We'll get someone in to do it. But I... No, Jay. We need a professional to fix it. It'll cost... Jay said with a hint of spitefulness in his voice. There's a building. It looks like an office block to let, but the windows are all boarded up. And there's only one entrance and exit. Underneath. MC opened his eyes and moved out of the bed. He placed his hand on his daughter's cot and wheeled her towards the bathroom. Shutting the door to drown out Amy's cries of hunger, MC went back to bed, ignoring the baby in the bathroom. (laughs) Yawning, MC swung his legs out of the bed and touched the floor. As he got up, he touched his toes and then flew his arms back up into the air as if he was trying to touch the ceiling. He's stretching, I think is what I'm getting at. Okay. (laughs) Just say he's stretching. Not everything has to be a pro. Just fucking say the thing. It's a sign of my increasing age that I I read that description and my lower back starts hurting <laughs> in sympathy. <laughs> but that would be a really good stretch for your lower back. You're but like right out of bed, like yeah, the second you get tight up. Tight and sore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had slept pretty well last night and felt quite relaxed. Stretching his muscles for a while helped awaken him. He opened the bathroom door in his room and pulled out in the cot that was inside. He pulled out in the cot. Oh god, that sounds horrendous. (laughs) Amy was awake, but barely. Her little eyes were half closed, obviously tired from crying last night. This is what you were saying about MC ignoring crying Amy. Yeah. I like how he's really well rested and she's knackered. (laughs) The more the baby cries, the better he sleeps. (laughs) It's like whale songs (laughs) or, you know, soothing. ASMR. Yeah. MC had hardly heard her in his deep slumber. He hadn't been getting this type of rest for a while now, and felt, ah, the sharper for it. Two nights ago, he'd fought two vampires as they prowled the streets of London and disposed of them in seconds without taking any damage. Oh, yeah. Like he's a video game character. (laughs) I didn't have to use any of my med kits. I didn't lose any HP. (laughs) This filled him with confidence, too. Knowing a battle with the December form was coming too. Ah, yes, the people without any superpowers. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, it seems like they they like to hire underlings, as we That's as we true. saw with That's the SWAT. True. So he's going to have some sort of fighting, you know. Mm. And they sent like singing vampires and all sorts after mm. him. Putting a shirt on, MC lifted Amy up and left the room, heading to the fifth floor. At least he's taking Amy with him this time. Yeah, he hasn't just left her upstairs all day just to starve to death. Because at this point, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, yeah. How quickly you agreed with this, to that? I mean, oh no, that would be bad, wouldn't it? Whoops! Oh, don't don't stop, babies. Uh, that's that's MC's favourite catchphrase, fa- famous catchphrase. It's a new campaign we're going to start on the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Hashtag Slayer podcast. Don't starve, babies. I know it's a bit controversial. Shouldn't let politics into the show. Don't starve, babies, and eat the rich. Oh, I mean, the second part, sure. Yeah. No, and the first part. Don't starve, babies. We, yeah, we yes. are, oh, are we going to feed the the babies, the rich, the rich to the babies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow, this has gone off on a tangent, hasn't it? 
Gav tripped on a loose piece of carpet in the hallway, but caught himself on the wall next to him. Louise just shook her head and said, Every time! We need to sort that carpet out! Gav complained. Otherwise, one of our guests is going to trip on it, break their neck and sue us! What guests? It's only us MC and Jay on this floor. I've broken my nail four times tripping on that! Louise shook her head again. Then she and Gav continued walking towards the fifth floor. Oh, everyone's heading towards the fifth floor. What's going on on the fifth I floor? I don't know. Hopefully there's no loose bits of carpet for Gav to fall over again. I mean, I feel like if he's done it four or five times, that's on him now. Yeah. You know, he's got to sort that out himself, surely. I don't think either of us are particularly good at sorting out <laughs> <laughs> problems to make these sort of criticisms. But I am good at tripping on things. That's so. very true. Dun, dun, dun. Jay sang as he stood in front of two double wooden doors. Dun, da da That dun, famous... Da, da. Dun da da, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dun da da, is that what? Dun da da. But so it's meant to be like a fanfare sort of. Yeah, but that's not how it sounds though, is it? I've no. never heard a fanfare that's dun da da. Dun da da, mate. <laughs> if I went to an opening of something and they were, their fanfare was dun da da, I'd leave. It's like this isn't very. I don't feel very fanfared. MC Louise and Gav stood in front of him, arms crossed. Today was the grand unveiling of the meeting room on the fifth floor. Weren't they going to get like professionals in to do that? Wasn't that how it... Yeah, they were. Was this the one that turned out to be a trap? Yeah. And now they've turned it into a meeting room? Unless they've... I mean, that's just a big hole. So unless they got... They used a different room on the fifth floor? This this B&B is so big... (laughs) That it sounds feasible. Maybe I just forgot what happened. Yeah, that's yeah. also important, yeah. <laughs> Today was the grand unveiling of the meeting room on the fifth floor. A place where the gang could talk about the upcoming dangers of the universe without disturbing the guests of the bed and breakfast. Originally, MC had wanted professional builders to come in and build the room that had been destroyed ah, ah. when the SWAT had invaded the B&B. But Jay had convinced him otherwise, mentioning the fact having builders at the B&B usually led to their death. <laughs> <laughs> This is why Jay's the best character, pointing out all the obvious things. Hey, but if we have them in, people will die. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they do a better job. But they'll die, MC. You sound like Trump now. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I mean, when Jay did it, people still died. Just it was the SWAT and not the builders. Yeah, yeah. So moving up in the world, I guess. Yeah. That's an improvement. Home improvement. <laughs> Don't starve babies. <laughs> Jay had been working non-stop for about a week and a half on it now. The gang had hardly seen him. (laughs) A week and a half. The room got blown up. (laughs) He's rebuilt a room. (laughs) And the whatever the foundations at the bottom were. I bet they shit all over it. (laughs) A welcome break for them. God. But more importantly, it had given Jay a new sense of purpose. Since moving to London from Tokyo, he hadn't felt much to keep him occupied. His new love for building had filled a gap in his life. Ah. Hmm. He did work construction. He and MC worked construction, didn't he? That's true, actually. Yeah, Mm. we kind of glossed over that a little bit. So I guess he learnt a lot in a short amount of time. Mm. How to completely rebuild a room in a week and a half. That's what happens. I bet, you know, I bet there are some builders out there that could do that. Sure. Maybe not solo, but... You know, you get those like shows that are like, oh, we completely rebuilt an entire five-bedroom house in an hour sure. for the rich what, people. So what happened to your house? Well, we got invaded by some <laughs> evil SWAT samurai guys, so we had to blow up the, the floor. Mm, yeah, mm, happens a lot. <laughs> Jay pulled open the two doors and everyone stepped in. MC was impressed. Oh, 
There was a table in the centre of the room with five chairs around it and a high chair. Ah, is he going to insult Jay anyway? I mean, probably. Yeah. yeah. For Amy. Jay pointed out. Got that much. MC replied. It's actually quite impressive, Jay. Oh, Yay, finally! How long is this going to last? Not long. Oh, dear. (laughs) I like to think he's made it some sort of like, you know, like a table of the Avengers sit round or something like that, you know? With like a cool video screen. Yeah, that goes into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. In a week and a half. (laughs) (laughs) The floorboards had been replaced and the walls had been replastered. There was even a water cooler in the corner. Wow. Simple, yet effective. Good work, Jay. (laughs) I'm a natural. Jay smirked. It's a bit chilly. Louise rubbed her arms. Oh, but is she cold because of the room? Ah, or because... Ghosts. Of ghosts. There is a ghost. There is a ghost. That's what I was yeah. getting at. Ghosts. Yeah. Well done for remembering what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stretch sometimes. I try not to rem- It's kind of like a traumatic memory that sort of erases itself from my memory. I mean, it was like ten episodes again. Like yeah, this. But then, yeah. you know, there was the whole Roots thing as well. Yeah. Obsessed. yeah. MC and Gav agreed. But Jay didn't care, really. He had enjoyed his time in building the room and was eager to get his hands onto some more wood. Is that an intentional... I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it was a simple... In in some ways, it was a more innocent time. But in a lot of other ways, it wasn't. So, (laughs) Well, let's christen it. MC declared. Everyone grabbed a chair and sat down. MC placed Amy into the high chair and sat at the head of the table. The alpha. (laughs) So, where are we? Louise asked. Apart from a cold room on the fifth floor, Gav said, we're still in the process of finding out more about a December form. We've heard squat from them since we fought those samurai guys. Well, I guess that is good news. I disagree. MC rained on Louise's parade. By the sounds of things, they've been locked away somewhere, planning their apocalypse. So if I remember right, there were details of their hideout, right? And how there was a special tunnel? Yes, the last samurai kind of told them yeah. how to get in, right? So what are we going to do? Said Jay. I got a lead on the headquarters, but it's a pretty vague one. Right now, I'm going to head down to the King's Crown, talk to Terry about that protection spell. I got a feeling we might need it sooner rather than later. Oh yeah, Terry, the old... uh... Yeah, pub landlord, part-time wizard. (laughs) What a business card that would be. And of course, he was the one who had the dick pill selling demon in his basement. Did indeed. Yeah, got a lot going on as Terry. <laughs> I, I just feel like he's going to be our new Shinno Khan slash Dom, but he just feels such a letdown compared <laughs> to those two. Okay then, I'll get back down to reception. Man the doors. Louise stood. All get into the kitchen. Start making breakfast for the guests. Gav said, following suit. I thought they didn't have any guests. They might have one or two. They said there was no one else on the fifth floor. Oh, that was it. I'll go to the park for a look for bits of wood lying about. Think I'll make a shelf. Jay tapped his chin with his index finger. Mm. (laughs) Meeting adjourned. MC slammed his fist down on the table. This is a bit nicer. Yeah. You know, all the shit we've had to deal with the last few weeks, you know, when MC, you know, mistreating his baby and stuff. And I feel like both shows have become quite depressing in a lot of ways. There's a lot of angst and stuff going on. But this feels a bit more like the old days. It was slightly fun. They've got a new meeting room. They all sat round and had a meeting. Jay's got a hobby. Yeah. I like to think he's got like a tool belt or something like that. Or like some overalls and stuff. Hard hat. Oh, that's really cute. That's really good. I'm not saying anyone should draw Jay like that. But if you could, that would be amazing. Wearing nothing else. (laughs) Just the tool belt. Sexy Builder Jay calendar. (laughs) (laughs) But in December, it's just a December form. (laughs) This better be worth it. Stuart stumbled into the room. His suit was creased and his tie was undone, just hanging around his neck. 
his nose was red raw from the amount of cocaine he had sniffed off the four prostitutes oh, no. he had spent his night with. The red marks weren't lipstick stains. They were the blood of the prostitutes. Cool. I think he's a bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> Could be wrong. Maybe don't I'd... like to judge. <laughs> Did I not set it up well enough that he was a bad guy? I think we hinted in previous episodes of Stuart's interesting ways. Yeah. He's like a relic from the 80s, isn't he? Like yeah. some sort of like, like stockbroker man. Um, American Psycho, what's his name? Yes. Patrick Bateman. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I wonder if he loves Huey Lewis in the news as well. <laughs> oh, it is. Thick grinned. Why have we been called in this early? Tannis asked. I've got a surprise. I don't like surprises. So one of the things I love about the voices yes. that we do yes. is that when we came up with the voice for Vic, mm-hmm. it was, we know he's a post office manager. <laughs> so we give him a post office manager thing. Uh-huh. And then with the December form, we knew nothing about them. We didn't even know if they're human or not. No, we knew they were shady. I think we knew they were shady men in cloaks. I don't think we even knew if they were men or demons. or, or... Shady things in cloaks. So we were like, give them shady, scary yeah. voices. Yeah. And now there's a wonderful contrast <laughs> between Blue Peter presenters, <laughs> the dad of a Blue Peter presenter, Vic... And <laughs> these serpent men. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the rules. The first voice we come up with it's is true. the one we have to it's use true. for that character. Tannis sat down in a chair that was in the main room of the December Forms HQ. In the centre of the room, on the floor, were a bloodstained D and F. Stuart poured, but without the U? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then also the rest of it. Stuart poured himself drink. And flopped down in the seat next to Tannis. I think I'd done too much cocaine when I wrote this. (laughs) Vic stood behind a desk and looked out of the window of the building, down onto London's busy early morning streets. So it's like a nine to five, the December form, is it? (laughs) Gentlemen, our time is nigh. Whenever we choose, sorry, whenever we chose, we now have the power to end this world, being the first sector of the December form to do so. I think... It's such a good occasion we can break out the chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> Don't tell my wife I'm on a diet. That's when you know it's a good day. <laughs> I like to think whatever they're using to end the world, they've made it out of like sticky back plastic and <laughs> old washing up bottle, uh, liquid bottles and stuff. Vic pushed a button on the desk and the wall to his left parted. Behind a big glass partition, a group of men and women in white coats hurried around in a round-shaped room. They're basically Bond villains, aren't they, at this stage? Yeah. And they're like, scientists wanted job ads. Scientists wanted to help end the world. Must have own white coat. <laughs> On that note, uh, this is a real sort of tangent, but I've been re-watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. lately. Right. Um, and uh, obviously Hydra come into it at yeah. one point. But you can tell they're bad guys because their scientists wear black coats. Ooh. And it's like, oh, I get it. Symbolism. <laughs> yes. It's right up my alley. <laughs> In the centre of the room, in a huge glass container, protected by alarm systems and laser trips, was what drew everyone's attention. It's beautiful, Vic said in awe. We're going to be bloody famous, Stuart shouted, knocking back his drink. Let's hope modern technology doesn't let us down, Tannis added. Shall we begin our preparations? What could it be? So the December form, they've got their way to end the world. And they're bragging that they're going to be the first... uh, Because there's lots of chapters, isn't there, all around the world. So they're the first one. They reckon they're going to be the first. They've got something... (laughs) I mean, they're not going to be the second, are they? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, those those guys in Tokyo ended the world last year, but we got it this time. Well, maybe they tried and failed, or maybe no one's even tried yet. Oh, okay, sure. Even though the December form is meant to be what, like hundreds of years wow, old or something, they're I just like, remember. how do we end the world? <laughs> we could use magic. No. <laughs> But what do we think? It's going to be in the centre of the room in a huge is it glass container. Going to be some sort of bomb? Is it going to be a biological weapon? Is it going to be? Presumably, it's going to be some sort of mundane, like non-magical, yeah. non-demony, yeah. non-supernatural thing. You think so? Because that's the whole remit. Unless I just yeah. go back on that at some point. Yeah, probably. But um, yeah, scientists, so bomb or something. Yeah. Mm. The King's Crown pub was quiet compared to any other pub in the London area, but for twelve o'clock on a Friday, it was relatively busy. We're nice to see you again, Terry, the landlord of the King's Crown said, extending a hand to MC as he sat down at the bar. Afternoon, Terry. How's business? MC shook Terry's hand. Look at MC communicating with the working class like he's done it all his life. <laughs> You're right, Governor. Apples and pears. Oh, couldn't be better. I'm even thinking of opening until ten o'clock on a Friday night now. So what can I do for you? I have a Guinness. Terry poured, spelled correctly this time, MC his drink and sat it down on a torn beer mat in front of him. Which is in contrast to a couple of weeks ago on Chip when his drink was served on a red tissue. (laughs) In London you get a torn beer mat. (laughs) He brings it out for the special guests. Torn beer mat. I'd been to a pub at this stage. (laughs) Not that I'm judging your lack of taste in uh, public houses, MC, but I'm sure you've got better things to do with your day than drinking here. I wanted to talk to you about that protection spell you told me about. MC lowered his voice so as no one would hear him. That's a coincidence. There's someone a lot to introduce you to. Terry gestured to someone sitting alone in the corner of the pub. Hey, Melvin, come over here for a sec, mate. A small, plump man with a reciting hairline. (laughs) (laughs) His hairline's just reading a poem out loud. A small plump man with a reciting hairline wearing a brown cardigan over a beige shirt and dark green trousers walked slowly over to the bar and stood by MC. Terry introduced the two. Melvin, this is MC, the karate guy. Ninja. MC corrected. A ninja guy that helped me with my little demon problem. Terry turned to MC. Melvin here is quite a powerful warlock, been practising for years. Ain't that right, Melvin? Yes. Melvin said. MC got the feeling Melvin wasn't the happiest of chaps. <laughs> <laughs> I first met Melvin when I started getting into magic, Terry said. I was thinking of helping MC here with a the old Soviet protection spell. <laughs> <laughs> just a deal with a bottle of vodka and an AK. He's <laughs> just going to post KGB agents outside. <laughs> I was thinking of helping MC here with a the old Soviet protection spell. He runs a bed and breakfast and might be expecting unwanted guests if you catch my drift. I do. I have to go. With that, Melvin put his glass on the bar and left the pub, moving at a very slow pace. <laughs> Poor Melvin. Like a sloth man in a cardigan. <laughs> no, that's Chip. All the animals are in Chip, remember? <laughs> I've got this feeling he's just like his wife just left him or something yeah. or... He just wanted a quiet drink. <laughs> oh, poor Warlock. Charming fellow. MC commented. It used to be easy to chat to. Don't know what happened to him, to be honest. 
Anyway, dispel, if you've got nothing planned, I could do it for you now. What about your patrons? Oi! Terry shouted in his broad London accent. Cousin time, gents. Time to go home. The confused five or so men in the pub all finished their drinks quickly before being ushered out by Terry. Or just grab me bits, he said, dashing off to the back. But I thought you couldn't buy any dick pills anymore. <laughs> Is that going to be a spell? He's just going to pump a load of Russians for the dick pills so they've got massive hard-ons outside the B&B and anyone, any vampire's going to be like, nah, this is a bit weird. I ain't going in there. <laughs> Oh, I like I kind of warm into Terry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's kind of you know he's very keen to help MC out, is, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna put that protection spell up for him. That's oh, nice. Nice. Welcome I'll do it for you, mate. <laughs> I'll do it for you a discount, mate. Don't worry about it. No, mates, <laughs> mates rates, you know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna welcome him as the new Shing No Khan slash Dom. Yeah. Walking down the dark hallway of his block of flats, Melvin dragged his feet along the floor, making a scraping sound. That's really creepy. So is he not stepping? Is he just dragging his feet? Yeah. There's something quite horrific about that. Is there? Yeah, like, not stepping, just dragging your feet. I think he's just sort of shuffling along. No, he's just dragging his feet. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't in a hurry to get home. The ten-minute walk home from the pub had taken him double that. He was just praying that something would fall out of the sky and squash him dead. Wow. His wife did leave him. Yeah, I think he needs some help. Only trouble was, being a warlock and deep into magic, he had great sense for danger and would naturally protect himself from any threat. (laughs) Melvin came to his front door and sighed. Oh, no one killed me. (laughs) He pushed the key into the lock and opened the door slowly and silently, closing it behind him. Hearing a sound come from the bedroom, Melvin went to investigate. Inside his bedroom, Melvin's wife was sitting in their bed, completely naked, Uh holding the bedsheet up to cover herself. Oh no, where is this going? I'm worried. Uh A man was standing on the side of the bed, desperately trying to put his trousers on, falling over in the process. Mm -mm. Oh, so she hasn't quite left him, she's just doing the dirty. Yeah. Okay. Kate. Melvin said softly, How could you? Again. (laughs) So emotional, Melvin. (laughs) Melvin's voice started to raise. Technically true. (laughs) Melvin, no, please wait. If this isn't what it seems. You goddamn whore. (laughs) You overkept slut. Oh my god. I should have known after the past two times. (sighs) Overkept slut. What does that mean? I do not know. I don't want to know. It's unpleasant. Can we move on? I mean, you know, I'm not going to defend this ever, but Melvin has found his wife cheating on him three times now. Yeah. So, I don't know, fair comment? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be angry. I'm sure that maybe maybe that overkept slight is justified if I knew what overkept meant. But then, in fairness to Kate, if you've cheated on him twice and he's like, don't do it again, you'd be like, well, I might actually, you know. <laughs> We're getting a relationship with you then. Not after last time. <laughs> Kept cheating on me. <laughs> and he called me an overkept slut. <laughs> a bright light started to glow around Melvin Fists. Melvin Fists? <laughs> Is that his name? <laughs> oh, honey, please calm down. I... Kate suddenly couldn't speak and started to clutch her throat. Oh, just get out of your way. The man said, slipping his shirt on. He went to move past Melvin, but Melvin had other ideas, his eyes glowing red. His raised his fists and shot a red bolt at the man, sending him flying backwards. 
drink. <laughs> Stepping around the side of the bed, Melvin let out a massive roar, growing even in brighter. <laughs> and threw another bolt at the ground man. Only this time with much more force. <laughs> the ground man. <laughs> growing even in brighter. Grand man. Oh, oh classic Tomorrowgason sentence there. Oh, amazing. <laughs> The man exploded into millions of pieces. Wow. <laughs> His blood evaporating on contact with the bolt. Cool. Again, Melvin screamed, continuing to glow. I do think he's just going, uh, <laughs> You overcap slut. <laughs> this is what you get. He turned his attention to his wife. Is it going to explode her? This is the quickest we've ever met a character that's just gone like batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We met Sad Melvin and we was like, oh, I bet his wife's left him or something yeah. like that. Oh no, she's just cheating on him again. Oh, he's just made a man explode into millions <laughs> of pieces so his blood evaporated. <laughs> Jesus, what kind of spell does that? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. Tannis head holding the side of his head. What's up with you, old man? Stuart asked. Tannis continued to hold his head like he had a massive migraine. Vic walked over to him and knelt down beside his chair. What are you sensing, Tannis? We have to postpone our plans for today. What? Why? Stuart demanded. Something is going to happen later. Something that could interfere with our attempts. Ooh. Mm. They also wanted to bone Melvin's wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Part of their... That's what was in the lab. It was surrounded by scientists. It was Melvin's wife. Well, you know Stuart would. He'd have four bags of cocaine and be off on one. Couple of boomers. <laughs> How do you mean? Is that ninja going to attempt to stop us? Vic asked. No, something else. They're not going to stop us. They're going to beat us to it. Tannis let go of his head and looked at Vic. This is bullshit, yelled Stuart. You're not going to listen to this codger, are you, Vic? Bloody hell, there's a reason why we don't use magic. It's a lot of... Stuart, if you don't shut up, I am personally going to see if the if they, laws of gravity, have changed using your chair as my subject. You'll be in it. Is that more threatening, saying it in that voice? <laughs> Stuart just scoffed and went to pour, again spelt correctly this time, himself another drink. Okay, Tannis, I trust your gut feeling, but you had better be right. Vic picked up the phone on the desk and pushed a button. It connected quickly. Change of plans, he said. What are we going to do then? Stuart asked. Tannis looked at him. I have an idea. So is there mm. another world ending event today? Yeah, That maybe. seems to be what they're indicating. Like Tannis has had some sort of premonition because he was a... Warlock, wizard. Witch Doctor Gardner. Witch Doctor Gardner, that was it. Yes, it was very specific, wasn't it? So he's obviously been thinking about the roses or something like that and had like a premonition of something that's going to happen yeah. today. I wonder if it is Melvin or if that's just a bit of a red Ooh, herring. Maybe. Mm. At the Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> Terry had been in a trance for about half an hour now. How long was Dom in that trance for? It was like a whole day and night or something. Yeah. MC, Jay, Louise and Gav sat with him in the living room of the B&B. There was a cleaning sign on the outside of the doors to the living room so no guests would disturb Terry as he attempted to place the spell over the Tokyo Memorial. 
I've made the connection I need. Terry informed the group. What's next? MC asked. He hadn't known Terry for too long, but had perceptions of this simple pub landlord. <laughs> Quite offensive ones by the sounds of it. <laughs> Not Quite patronising ones. <laughs> However, those perceptions were being smashed here. Terry had conducted himself in a very professional way, with full concentration on the task at hand. This is obviously being really, really middle class. Yeah, like, incredibly. Uh, hide the silver. <laughs> Why is it called a Soviet protection spell? Gav asked. Well, back in the 1600s, in a small village in the Soviet Union, the people were being picked off by this uh, vampire called Sokolovti. Yeah. Sokolovti. <laughs> In the 1600s, when the Soviet Union was first formed. <laughs> I know history. <laughs> it was a legend at Eastern Europe during that era. A group of demon hunters was sent to this village to capture him. The group had been after Sokolovti for many years and were always destroyed as Sokolovti was very daring, always ambushing the hunters at home or in a tavern. So the hunters were given this spell by the local monks to allow them to set up a stronghold where they could come and go as they please, but nothing unholy or with evil intentions could enter and giving off a warning siren. Wow. Mm. There's some exposition for you. I told yeah. you, new no Khan. <laughs> so I like how the hunters get ambushed in the pub as well. <laughs> <laughs> Always go out on the Friday, you know what I mean? <laughs> So, in the six, in the Soviet Union in the 1600s, yep. uh, a big old vampire uh, was taking out some hunters. Some monks set up the spell. It lets people come and go, but nothing unholy in or out. Well, it seems to give off a warning. Oh, does it? No, they can't enter, and it also gives off a warning siren. That sounds like perfect for the B&B. Yeah. What a coinky-dink. <laughs> How can you tell if someone has evil intentions? Jay asked. Their soul gives off a certain vibe. If you're in tune with the right magics, you can feel those waves coming off people, especially those sending out very powerful intentions. Terry explained. You really surprised me, Terry. MC said, growing even more amazed at the landlord's knowledge and not being patronising <sighs> in the slightest. Oh, it's a nobby. Terry smiled. Ask me anything about football and I'm your man. I like to get an equal knowledge in magic. It's very rewarding. Especially... Terry paused suddenly. He tried to continue, but covered his head with his hand. What's wrong? MC asked, walking over to Terry. Is something wrong? Something is thrown off the magics. They're not flowing the way they should be. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no, the magics aren't flowing right. Don't you hate it when your magics aren't flowing right? Better call a plumber. <laughs> is something wrong? Something is thrown off the magics. They're not flowing the way they should be. It's not a small disturbance. Is this the thing where the like the tradesman makes up a bunch of shit and say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, mate, you're going to be a bit more expensive than I thought." Actually, that's going to cost you an extra monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be the December form? Jay suggested. They don't use magic, apparently. MC shrugged. Terry, can you get a lock on what's causing this? Nah, it's too powerful. But it isn't quite ready yet. But something's coming. He stood and started to pack his things. Well, I'm sorry. I can't perform the spell yet. It could go horribly wrong. And I quite like my face where it is. Don't worry. MC said. I'll show you how. Maybe we can try again another time. What a feel of things. Terry said as MC walked him to the door. This might be something you need to deal with. What could it be? I don't know. Or just know. 
it's going to be quite powerful. Ooh, so even mm. Terry's picking up some sort of like magic radio waves going out yeah. across like all the people that are in tune with the magics. They're not the flowing flow properly. Magics, yeah. <laughs> now I want like Tannis and Terry to have like a magics off and so use better. <laughs> oh, this, uh, that's got to happen, surely. Oh, with the voices as well. Yes, that will kill me. Yeah. We'll go from Terry to Tannis. <laughs> Jesus. That was Terry. MC said walking into the living room on, on the B&B. It's just that Jay's built one on the side of it. <laughs> He had just got off the phone to the pub landlord. A few hours had passed since Terry had been at the Tokyo Memorial, and it was evening now. He informed MC that he hadn't been able to figure out what the magical disturbance had been Ooh. earlier. What did he say? Gav asked. That he hadn't been able to figure out what the magical disturbance had been earlier. <laughs> like, is that a joke? Is that you? I don't know. It's, it's so hard to tell if I've actually made a decent joke or yeah. not. I guess safe to assume no. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll give myself the benefit of the doubt with this one because okay. it's a bit too. Yeah, sure. It's a bit too on the nose. Yeah, you know? that he hadn't been able to figure out what the magical disturbance had been earlier. But he also mentioned someone thing interesting. <laughs> he had a visit from Detective Andrews. Detective Andrews. Jay pondered. He's the guy that poked around the murder of Mrs. Lansbury. Louise replied. A cold shiver went down her spine as she spoke. Is it cold in here, or is it just me? Oh, definitely a ghost. Yeah. He also got a bit suspicious when those werewolves attacked the building staff <laughs> that were working here. Hmm, <laughs> suspicious werewolf attack. <laughs> yeah, these aren't ordinary London werewolves. <laughs> They're inflatable werewolves. How suspicious. <laughs> he also got a bit suspicious when those werewolves attacked the building staff that were working here. MC added. He was asking Terry about a man named Melvin. <gasps> I met him in... I met him in the pub earlier. Not the happiest of chaps, but he's a warlock. Terry seems to think there could be a connection between the magical disturbance and the police inquiry into Melvin. Ooh, so do you reckon the police found like the bodies of his wife and yeah. her lover? Yeah. Um. Now Melvin's decided to end the world. Oh dear. And the December form are like, no, that's our bit. Stop <laughs> it. Stop copying me. God. <laughs> what was Andrews asking after him? Gav asked. Apparently there was a disturbance at his home. A neighbour called the police. When they got there, all they found were scorch marks in the bedroom. I'm going to head down to the police station. MC, Louise said. What exactly are you going to do? Make sure Detective Andrews is out, break into his office and steal files from his office. With that, MC left the B&B. Won't be the first time, Louise said under her breath. And that's where we're going to leave magic. Part one. Well, what do we think of this episode, MC? The most important thing is that Terry is lovable. <laughs> I've grown a lot of affection for Terry. Yeah, it's yeah. true. This is a Terry episode. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I. it's got to be pretty obvious that Melvin is the yeah. cause of this magical disturbance. It's, I mean, it sounds like he's going to go all Willow and just go crazy Ooh, with magic and yeah. try and destroy the maybe, world. Maybe, And I'm hoping that it's mm. Terry that brings him down. Because <gasps> he's only practicing Warlock, but maybe he'll get his, like, first kill. Probably not what I need, but <laughs> I I hope that Terry talks him down with a bit of pub landlord turned wizard <laughs> wisdom, a bit of folksy sayings, a pint of lager, yeah, pork scratchings, yeah. and a free hour on the pool table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was not normally. Obviously, we, this is very much a classic setup episode, yeah, yeah. but not nearly as boring as some of those can be hey. sometimes. So we got to learn a bit about uh, Terry. Mm. We learned a new character, Melvin. Yeah, we. 
I mean, apparently the December 4th are totally ready to end the world. Yeah, they're going That's there. quite a big thing. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if they're going to get involved in Yeah, because they want here. to end the world. Yeah. It's incredibly petty. <laughs> they're getting competitive about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we also learned that the Soviet Union was around about 400 years ago as well. Yeah. So um, Big vampire problems, though, which is why, <laughs> is why it fell through. This is... That's the problem with communism. <laughs> Too many vampires. <laughs> This is why we uh, class the show as edutainment. Because <laughs> you entertain and you learn things. <laughs> well, if you know how long the Soviet Union has been around for and want to get in touch, did you know there's numerous ways in which you can do such so thing? Yep, that way, well... <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Podcast, And we're also on Twitter at How I Ripped Off. And you can find our entire edutainment back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes and YouTube. And if you want to talk about your magical flows, you can... <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. But you can leave us a rating and a review as it is a real big help to the podcast. <laughs> Leave us a star rating based on how your magic flows are this month. <laughs> <laughs>